Talk Travel. We do it every week. And Sally Lucas joining us. And this is thanks to our sponsor, Travel on King. And Australia's a great destination. So many varied places to go. What have you got for us today, There Sally? is, Jane. And I think we are so fortunate to live in the country we live in. And I, I think I realise that every day of my life. But I'm going to take us to Fraser Island to start with today, which of course is a very unique island. If you don't know exactly where it is, it's about 300 k's north of Brizzy. It's the largest sand island in the world. It's more than 120 k's long and 22 k's across at its widest point. Now, it's a very complex ecosystem of sand dunes and lakes with subtropical forests, which is rare, growing solely on sand. It's absolutely unbelievable and it contains half of the world's perched lakes. And uh, what's a perched lake? Mainly a lake that is sitting on top of or above sea level, which is unusual. So, you know, and not only on above sea level, but on sand is even more unusual. That's why, you know, it, it is what it is, Fraser Island. Of course, it was uh, put onto the World Heritage List in 1992 in recognition of its outstanding natural uh, universal values. And it was also included on the National Heritage List in 2007. So it's a wonderful environment to explore and of course, a lot of scientific research happens there as well. A little bit of a uh, bit about the history. It's the indigenous Butchula people are thought to have inhabited the island for six to eight thousand years before the arrival of European settlers, and they named it Kagari, which meant paradise. So there you go. So they even recognised its values as well. Um, Captain Cook, of course, sighted the island in 1770 and um, in the 19th century, of course, and Europeans named it in the 19th century, sorry, Fraser Island, in honour of Eliza Fraser, who was shipwrecked there in 1836. So in more recent times, it was known as a location for sand mining and timber logging that began in the 1800s and ended in 1991. And sand mining began in 1949, but it was stopped in 1976 after environmentalists took the case to Australia's High Court. So there's lots of things you can do on the island, as we all know. It's, it's just a wonderful amount of the lakes, as we've explained, like Mackenzie Lake is one of the more beautiful lakes. 75 mile beach is virtually their highway, so be careful. There are four-wheel drives zooming up and down there all the time. And if you are taking your car over there, of course, just remember to check on your tides and whatever. You don't want to be swept out to sea or bogged or whatever. Um, you've got the so wonderful... four-wheel drive is the way to go? It's the only way to go, basically, yes. If you haven't got your own, you can hire, of course, from the mainland. Of course, you're just off from Harvey Bay. There's regular little barge ferries go across. You can camp. There's all sorts of different camping areas. Um, you can sort of stay at Dilly Village where you can leave your, villi- uh, leave your vehicle rather while you walk part of the uh, track and return at night. So there's different uh, number of scenic walking trails you can do. It's got the Fraser Island Research and Learning Centre is at Dilly Village as well, which is part of the Fraser Island Great Walk. You can do an entire walk around the island, which takes six to eight days to complete if you're wanting to be really energetic. Um, you can walk the boardwalk and explore Eli Creek, which is the largest freshwater creek on the northeastern side of the island which has got an outflow of 80 million litres of pure water a day. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, It actually has more than 100 lakes in total. And Lake Boomingen is the largest perched lake, which is above sea level, as we said, in the world, with 200 hectares of surface area. So, you know, isn't it amazing when you think about how we've got these wonderful places in Australia that are, are so unique uh, and so many wonderful things you can do? The dingoes, of course, have been a, a, an issue on and off in the news many times about, you know, culling them and not culling them. But they're saying they are the purest form of dingo because they've always just been on Fraser Island. So they are really 
wanting to keep them. Um, you've got rainforests, as we've said, which are just so unusual to be in, in an area that is sand, and the air within the rainforest is kept moist by the vegetation, and then water is recycled within the system. It's amazing, isn't it, what nature does? And then you've got these wallum forests, which are open woodlands with a diverse amount of flowering plants, and of course we've said you've got beaches, the freshwater lakes, the sand dunes of Fraser Island, which can tower more than 200 metres above sea level and reach 60 metres below sea level. And then you've got wonderful wildlife, of course, with having your humpback whales coming up through there to Harvey Bay every year. Oh, they Dugons. like Harvey Bay, don't they? Oh, they love it. They, they, just, they just wallow in that bay. It's, it's the most fabulous place if you're up there to see the humpbacks because you see so many of them and you're virtually guaranteed. And more than 350 species of birds and, goodness knows, 71 species of reptiles, 18 species of frogs, 48 species of mammals. I mean, you know, on and on and on. So it is a wonderful, natural, beautiful place to go. If you haven't been there, you should add it to your bucket list. And Australia, as we said, Sally Lucas, a wonderful destination. Absolutely. And do you remember the old ad, Jane, that the Northern Territory had, you'll never, never know if you never, never go? Well, I've noticed on the telly this week they've got another promotion coming up. And I can't think what the slogan is for it now, but I was on the website today and they, this was about kakadu. And they just it was get out and kakadu it. <laughs> nice. So I like that one too. Just kakadu it. Just kakadu it. So what brought it to my mind as well, and I know if people are already up there, they're up there, or it might be a bit too late without thinking of going, but you could include it for next year. But what they do every year, they have a, an annual kakadu bird week from the 1st to the 7th of October, which is, I know, very soon now. But I was just made me think about kakadu and all it has to offer. And I mean, it would be wonderful even to be up there for that because the amount of species. There's 280 species of bird life in kakadu, which is a third of Australians' bird life. Wow. So that is amazing. And in the wetland area, there's at least 60 of those species mm. just in the wetland. You know, you've got that wonderful, huge white-bellied sea eagle and you look at the nest it builds. It's almost the width of a tree. Like it's huge. It's not built out of twigs. It's built out of branches. And you see it sitting up there and this magnificent bird, you know, when you're doing a cruise down yellow water at Coinda, And that's where you, you really need to go there to get all that beautiful wetland while um, bird life, which is just fantastic. And then you've got that under, other bird they call the Jesus bird, which is a jacana, and it's a little crested bird that looks like it's walking on water, like Jesus, but it's sort of walking on little lily pads or whatever. So it, it's quite a remarkable bird as well. And, of course, you've got all the lovely kites, and then you've got the brolga and the jabiru. If you're lucky enough to see the brolgas dancing, it is a wonderful sight to behold. Um, so, yes, even if you can't get there for bird week, just think of all the things that you can do within Kakadu. And everyone always asks what's the best time of the year to go there. Well, it's there's two ways of looking at it. As I've said to you, Jane, before, I think it's lovely going after the wet because your waterfalls are full. You're not going to see them in the dry. They're either absolutely dry or they're a trickle. So like Jim Jim and Twin Falls, those spectacular long drop falls, are just not going to look all that wonderful. And even down south at Gunlom, the Gunlom Falls are quite spectacular as well. So which month are we looking at there just after the wet? I would go... Well, they say the wet goes through to April, but I mean, even I've been in April and I thought it was just so green and lush and beautiful. What was normally a plains are just floodplains instead of plains. You know, it, all the water lilies are out and it's just just fantastic to see the bird life, I think. That's when you do get the proliferation. I mean, you see more crocs in the dry because they're up sunning themselves on the banks. Because the water comes up so high, you don't see many crocs 
uh, actually in, in the wet, which is not a good thing because you know they're under the water there somewhere. So I think the dry, you think, yep, I can see you, buddy. You're just over there and I'll stay clear. But, um, yeah, but the, the rock art too, like it's just fantastic when you do um, Norlangi or Ubir Rock, which is out of Kakadu, and at sunset just to sit and watch the sunset at Ubir Rock is quite spectacular. And, of course, this has had art from over tens of thousands of years is all within this Kakadu area, which is then, of course, is the way to go on into Arnhem Land. But the escarpments are fantastic as well. Some of them are up to 330 metres high. And even when you drive along your termite mounds, some of them are up to 6 metres high. Like There's just spectacular stuff you can see. And again, I think one of the fabulous things you can do is do a flight. Like, you know, when you do it over the bungles or like we've said, the Kimberley, you don't get the vastness or the beauty in seeing that one long escarpment just running. And the thing is, the other side of that escarpment, you can't get there by car. So it's virtually virgin, untouched land, except for where Indigenous people have been, or if you happen to have a helicopter fly you into a certain spot there, which our son James did once. He knew one of the helicopter pilots when he was based at Kakadu, flew them into this. He sent us photos. this remarkable waterhole that unless you know someone with a helicopter get you in there, you don't go you, there. You just don't go in there. If you wanted to know how big it is, it's about 20,000 square kilometres, which is about half the size of Switzerland, and it was declared a national park in three stages between 1979 and 1991, first inscribed on the World Heritage List in 1981, with further areas added in 1987, 1992 and 2011. So it is a remarkable part of our country, and if you do get the opportunity, you can drive easily these days. The roads are sealed. Uh, it's about three hours' drive from Darwin, um, or of course there's lovely tours you can do as well, but to try and get there, I think, at the end of the wet, April into May, so you see those spectacular waterfalls and the, and the greenery, it's beautiful. Mm. In the current travel marketplace, Sally Lucas, what have you got for us? Okay, Jane. Firstly, the lovely little Cooks, the Cook Islands, a six-night package there from just under $1,200, which is with return airfare and transfers, accommodation staying at the Club Raro Resort in a standard room, which is offering this price that we're offering it at has got 40% off the accommodation cost, which is actually a saving of over $500. You get use of your snorkeling gear, reef shoes, tennis court, etc., games room, beach towels, etc., and they give you one introductory dive per person in the resort pool. Um, if you want to stay seven nights or more, you get a complimentary cooking class per person per stay, or you can upgrade to a lagoon front room for just an additional $31 a night and receive a romantic dinner for two. Ooh. How nice. And you can add on lagoon cruises and barbecue lunches and all sorts of things. Now, this goes from 12 January to 26 March next year, but you've got a book by 31 October. Great value for money if you're wanting a quick getaway to a beautiful island destination. Closer to home, another island destination is Norfolk. Ah, uh, yes. Now, they've got a package there at the moment. It's a seven-night package from just under $1,100. And again, you return air, seven nights accommodation at Crest Apartments in a one-bedroom apartment seven days car hire including comprehensive car insurance now that's a saving of over six hundred dollars you get a half day orientation tour as well and you get to see the world of norfolk exhibit and uh, you do it they've got what they call a do-it-yourself tour where they give you information to go a tour and again you can add on extras if you want like a welcome dinner wonderland by night life as a convict tour etc and or you can upgrade to a two-bedroom apartment for 130 dollars per room per night now as i said this is um 
under $1,100 is the lead-in price. And for travel dates on that, we have got from 7 January to 12 February, 26 Feb to 5 March, and 19 to 26 March. And you've got to book by 30 September. If you're travelling outside those dates, of course, you can still go. There just would be an increase in cost. Um, Trafalgar. Wow. Fly for six ninety nine to Europe and Britain in 2018, so long as you're booking one of their trips. And it's available from 13 September to 20 November until sold out. And it's a choice of, well, a choice depending on what's available. They're using three airlines, should I say. It'd either be Cathay Pacific, Qatar Airways or Etihad, um, depending on who's available over those periods. So now, as I said, you've got to book between now and the 2nd of November. And the travel period will go from 1 uh, March next year through to November 30 next year. That's on Cathay and Qatar and through to the 31 October next year for Etihad. So that is really great value for money. And they do have also other fares available like business class and so on at reduced rates as well. Um, this I thought was lovely, Jane, a little tour of Iceland. I think it would be a fascinating place to go and visit Reykjavik and it's ice and volcanoes. You know, it's just a, a fascinating combination, which I haven't been to, and I think it would be a wonderful thing to do. Um, they've got 10% off two departures next year, 7 January. 11 February. They do have another departure in March, but that doesn't have the reduced rate on it. Now, the January one is um, just over 12.50, um, the 11 Feb just under 13.50, and the 27 March is just under $1,500. But this is a five-day Northern Lights Express, they're calling it. It's a new tour, and it's with on-the-go tours. So you're exploring Reykjavik and southern Iceland, and you spend your days discovering remote beaches, waterfalls, geysers, and stunning scenery. And then, of course, you go to see the beautiful northern lights in the countryside, and you have a barbecue under the Borealis and end your tour bathing in the beautiful Blue Lagoon. Wow. wow. Mm. Doesn't that sound really special? Warm water, that is, of course. Of course, <laughs> but warmed by the volcanic... No doubt. Um, yes, we wouldn't be dipping in there, I don't think, if it was icy, would we? <laughs> You'd need your thermals. Um, this is just a little short one again. It's a cruise. It's a seven-night one with Singapore Airlines. It's a fly cruise on that huge newish vessel, the Ovation of the Seas. It's on sale to 30 September, and it's on 9 April next year. What you're getting with this is the return airfares with Singapore Airlines. You're getting two nights in Singapore with breakfast daily. Then you're doing a five-night cruise on the Ovation of the Seas from Singapore, which is um, going into Malaysia, and that's from under $2,500. So that is a really good value for money. And just to let you know, South and Central America 2018-19 have got some savings on their South American Discovery Tours with Bunnick Tours. You can save up to 1000 per person if you book by 28 October, and a second offer saving 500 if you book by 29 December. There's lots of good deals out there, Jane, from cruising to early birds to touring options. Really, there's just, I don't know, a product for everybody out there. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. We'll talk travel again next Friday on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.